What's up, it's John Savage. Uh, there's a million things we all want to do, but how to do them all. So I'm going to try help unpack all those things, podcasting, AI, and tech, so that you don't have to worry about the how. Welcome to the Wasteland episodes. Why the Wasteland episodes? Because I actually started a podcast in 2016 called The Digital Caveman. And it was all about like uh, interviewing the smartest minds that were trying to navigate the digital world. And if um, I spoke to some amazing people from all around the world, there are about 10 episodes. And I'm just going to dump them all here uh, from 2016. I don't know if I said that or not. Um, I thought they were pretty interesting. Uh, they're kind of out of date at this moment. So one thing it might inspire you to, it might just give you context of what's happened in the last few years. And three, you can hear some of the brightest minds in the digital space speaking sometimes way ahead of their time, sometimes during their time. <laughs> All right. And then um, here's 10 episodes that I'm just dropping. And then after that, we'll go to the uh, the next stuff. All right. The world of advertising, entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation are in a new era of transformation. It's tough out there. And there are no rules. That's why we all need to group together and help each other out of the darkness into the light. We are all digital cavemen. This is the Digital Caveman Podcast, brought to you by Thread. You made it to four episodes. Well, let's say we made it to four episodes. This is John Savage. You are listening to the Digital Caveman Podcast, a podcast about innovation, technology, the advertising industry, and how it all fits together in the new online digital world. <gasps> That was dramatic. Today in the digital cave, uh, very great honor, very excited. This guy, what do I say about him? He is a rare type, a true visionary. He's one of those guys that needs to be more of. You go into an agency and you pitch the craziest ideas and they love him and they try and make him a reality. And I think uh, his clients he must always be hearing some really crazy shit from this guy. He helped me with Stone Cold Jane Austen, my movie. He put the whole agency actually behind it to, to try and help it push forward. He helped with the design and the concepts and some of the brand involvement. From the agency, TBWA Hunter Scaris, he's the ECD there and he's an absolute legend. I, I went up to Joburg to the agency, sat in a very noisy office and spoke to the one, the only, Pete Curry. And if you want to hear what a visionary sounds like, check this out. Leading the charge in digital future, you are listening to the Digital Caveman Podcast, brought to you by Thread. Tell me a little bit about your background and more specifically, how have you seen agencies from within uh, change over the last few years? Oh, I can. Um, look, you know, it's also like you say, it is, it is a bit of a time where we are figuring a lot of stuff out and it's exciting times for me because the destination is not yet in sight, but we are navigating towards something that we know is never going to go away. It's only going to get better and better, more engaging, more, more exciting and way more opportunities to leverage content stories for commercial purposes and just for, for individuals themselves. Yeah, the world is changing and it, it's such an exciting time to be part of this industry and part of the world in where it's going. Myself, I've been doing advertising now for about 17 odd years and pretty much on every media platform that is imaginable. Over the last 10 or so years, obviously online and digital becoming more and more uh, prevalent in the work that we do. Started off a long time ago where you were just kind of, oh, you know, work on some banners and maybe you'll do an emailer or, you know, and we try to do as best as we could in those areas, but it always was what it was, exactly that. And you still see those kind of 
things happening today, even though much of the, the, the online interactions moved on and is way more engaging, you still kind of see the, the hygiene out there. So mm. I'll be really excited when those things are a thing of the past as well, because they really just get in the way. Working with brands over the last 17 years, from banks to FMCG to cars to whatever, there's different needs that they all have these different strategies. Some of them are global clients, some of them are local. The one common thing about all of them is the need to appeal and be very targeted to the consumer base more and more as time goes on. Mass media, very expensive. It's the shotgun approach where obviously online has a way more targeted approach, especially with the algorithms that are, are, are being put forward now that help you be very specific about what you want and who you want to target. The main thing though is where brands in the past used to go wrong, but it was the only way to do things was they used to speak to consumers as consumers, not as people, firstly. And it used to be a monologue. Right now in this day and age, brands that speak to consumers as people and can change that monologue into a dialogue are the brands that are proven to be most successful, especially on the online platforms. Where is the correlation between engaging your fans or opening that dialogue and actually selling product? Like, I mean, so, so isn't that part of where the confusion is or part of the challenge? I suppose it's a bit of both. Most brands, you know, to be relevant, to be breakthrough, to actually create some kind of content that people want to spread, share, be engaged in, is your first way in. To link your product into that afterwards or during that uh, conversation in a very seamless, uncontrived way is where the trick is. Not everyone's getting that right. Of course, brands exist to sell products. Some of those products are me too. Some of those products don't have anything unique. It's just kind of there. But for those brands to actually be really engaging and really appeal to you in a way that's relevant to what you want and really adding value to your life, that's where they will see a growth in sales. The brands that are on the forefront, you know, like obviously an Apple iPhone is an Apple iPhone and people are going to want that as much as whether the ads are good or bad or whether the online engagement is there or not there, they're going to pretty much want that device because it enables a lot more things in their life. So many different brands, many different products have many different angles in. An amazing campaign that I'll just use an example of, of how people are approaching an online world in a very interesting way at the moment is a recent campaign that always for hashtag like a girl. Very successful for them. But how they looked at it is, you know, it's always about women's confidence. And they've been about that as a brand purpose for a long time. What they took upon themselves was choose an angle that's going to be interesting, that's going to create debate, that's going to be spread. They took a, um, an angle of interviewing a whole bunch of guys and older women and they said, what does it mean to do something like a girl? Throw like a girl, pass like a girl, run like a girl. Mm, cool. You can imagine what came up. All those, those negative connotations of what it actually means to be like a girl. Then they asked a whole bunch of little girls to actually do the same. And when they were asked to do something like a girl, for them it meant do something to the best of your ability. Run as fast as you can. Hit something as hard as you can. That mm. tension that they created there and then obviously linking 
the fact that a girl's confidence is where it's really tested at the age of puberty at the same time when they have to start using pads and tampons and the rest of the thing, a great correlation for the brand to link itself to in a very uncontrived way. It almost made the message that they were talking about very relevant. But it was such an engaging video clip that it spread itself. The PR value that they got out of there was amazing. So what many brands are doing right now is they're trying to get into something that creates spreadability, that it almost PRs itself. Sometimes there's a few different ways to do it. Sometimes brands will have to seed it with media first and tell them this is what's coming, this is what we're doing, make sure you're aware of what's going on. People are aware, they're at the event, they see what happens, then they spread it. And then in other cases, the piece of media is so powerful in itself that it just spreads automatically because people want to see it and they want to pass it on. So the big trend that I'm seeing at the moment is campaigns that are more or less like that, mm. that they're almost creating something that's very interesting, very engaging. The thing about it, though, it's not, it's not on a level that what a TV ad would normally be, where it's actually been sanitized. You know, because you've got certain rules and certain restrictions and a brand can only say this and that. Online, you can get way more in-depth into a conversation and you can be a little bit more risky. And if you're not that, it won't get spread. So you need to be a little bit more engaging. You need to be on the crossing over onto the edge of stuff for people to actually want to spread it, for people to actually want to be interested in it. How you spread it and how you set it up and the PR value that you get out of it all comes down to the plan that you put up front based on your idea if it's worthwhile to spread itself, if you need to do certain engagement stuff before with certain media houses, or you need to get celebrities involved that you know will also kind of help that spread. Many different angles on the spreadability of that story, but if the story and the content is not powerful in itself, it goes nowhere. And I think some brands are getting it right, a lot more brands are getting it wrong, because they're trying to treat online the same way they treat everything else. Mm. Trying to put the same rules into place, yeah. which just is never ever gonna work. Mm. To get out of the cave and move into the future, you need to be an innovator. You need to be a digital caveman. There's an interesting thing going on now. I mean, YouTube, which is such a um, an engagement platform where you have total control over what you're doing. The new trend I've seen now, you can't watch a YouTube ad on your mobile without watching the Coca-Cola ad first. It's on everything. And it almost feels, I don't know if they're feeling the water about it, it feels like the brand is testing the water of dictating the terms again and, and putting something in, like t taking TV and making you watch it. You can't, you can't fast forward it, you can't skip it. You have to watch the whole ad. I've watched it like 45 times this week. So do you think that is a viable trend going forward? Do you think that's a temporary thing? Do you think that's is that something you've seen before? For me, I hope it's a temporary thing because, it, again, it's just getting in the way of actually what I want to see. I, I'm not going on there to look at that Coca-Cola ad. I'm going on there to see the content that I want to see. And they're really getting in the way. Mm. So there's no difference to, to TV at the moment where you're interrupting me, you're not adding to my viewing pleasure. If a piece of communication is really powerful and really engaging and amazing, which is probably the top one or 2%, sure. But the majority of advertising that really does just get in the way. So people have to want to come to you rather than you pushing yourselves into their space. Mm. So that's why for me, I don't think it's gonna live forever. I would hope it doesn't because <laughs> it, it really isn't doing any justice. It's just making people had, hate advertising even more. 
So how much of the, I mean, the examples you've used are like definitely the exception to the rule because mm. like you said, there's a big misunderstanding. What do you find is the biggest challenge of actually pushing this, these ideas through to brand and executing? It's unknown territory. You mm. know, again, it's a risk for any client that doesn't really understand this world, doesn't understand the rules, you're always going to be taking a risk. Mm. That's the bit that you really got to get into your head because the vanilla approach to things, which is just, oh, give me my banner strategy and give me my pre-roll strategy and give me all of those kind are, of things. Are PPC still relevant Your per clicks? Are, are banner ads still... Uh... They are. They are getting the, the clicks, but... They get in it because nothing else exists. Yeah. And that's all there is. So, I mean, but they're not as successful as... The reason why they're still around after 10, 15 years is because there is some kind of success to it. Yeah. But they, but again, I mean, they, they balance the, the ROI books in uh, impressions, but, but it's not engagement. Yeah, you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, you've got to have measurements to prove something. Yeah. And that's what generally people will look at. There are the few brands out there that look at this for what it is mm. and understand that they need to play. They need to figure it out. They mm. need to test the waters. They need to push how we engage and what people want even further. They go to look at the emotion mm. behind what people are feeling and what the intention is in the media choice and the content that they provide rather than the statistics of previous work done. Right. That is the biggest challenge. I see. So you're saying that the universe is moving quickly and if they had a successful campaign on the last year's thing, they want to repeat it instead of constantly exploring. Of course, uh -huh. because it's safe. Yeah. You can justify that to the board. You can justify that to investment. You've got the strategy and the statistics to prove it. Mm. The thing is, that now becomes the status quo and your breakthrough becomes almost irrelevant. Mm. It's just going to get less and less clicks less and less engagement mm. as you go through while someone else does something that's a little bit braver mm. and then all of a sudden you follow in suit trying to do what they did. Yeah. So that's why I say it's very interesting and there are the, the brands and the clients that are savvy in this field that know what it takes, that they leave a little bit of their budget for experimental work. Try, go there, do that. You know, I'm putting 5% mm. or 10% of whatever this kind of budget is for you to play because the growth on that is exponential. Mm. Could go nothing, could go nowhere, could bomb out. I'm not saying that every time you do it, it's going to be successful, but you will get it right at some point and you will lead the way in some point and you will see the exponential value coming to you because of it rather than the incremental value that comes from doing what everyone else is doing. It adds no value to you in the long run. Mm. It's very forgettable. How do you compare and measure impressions versus engagement? Because obviously, mm. the, like a current trend is to spend a lot of money on getting your impressions and your views, but they're not translating often to the engagement side of it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. It's a hard one because mm. many different companies, many different uh, agencies, uh, clients have different tools that they're using to measure these things. Mm. Someone says that this one's the right way to go. Someone says this way is the wrong way to go. Someone mm. says this is relevant and important. Someone else says it isn't. Like I say, we're figuring the stuff out we, as we're we, going. We're cavemen. Yeah, at the end, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you selling things because of it? The powerful thing about online interaction is that you can look at a sale and link it back to that initial engagement. There is a way of doing that that is unlike TV, unlike mm. radio, unless you've got a really strong, distinct 
call to action of a number on a specific piece of communication yeah. that someone can phone and you know that that piece of media was directly responsible for that product sale. Mm, mm, mm. Online, you can almost trace back the... The, the sale to the consumer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that probably should be the most powerful thing. But that's when you're pushing products. Sometimes you're also just pushing brand. So at the end of the day, when Nike does the next big World Cup ad, the brand scores mm. are what you're looking at there. Of course, they're going to look at it and go, maybe they'll sell the Ronaldo boots or all of this and all of that. Yeah. You know, but if that's part of the plan, then they'll link it to it as well. Mm. But in a lot of ways, is you know, the difference between brand and product in what you're doing on the space as well. Like on Always, that hashtag like a girl, that was very much a brand message. That was very much about re being relevant in that space for that target audience that's very online, very digitally savvy, that are going through those things in life and questioning their kind of role, their relevance, what they are, their confidence, you know? So very much a brand space that uh, builds a lot of empathy for the, for the people out there. You've got to put the markers on that you want and then kind of figure out the way of, of how to achieve that. Like I say, the status quo, the way of dealing with it now, it's way too much of a shotgun approach as well. Mm. It's the companies that are really getting specific and targeted about it and making very simple outputs and results based off those things are the ones that are the, that I think are ahead of the curve. This is Digital Caveman Podcast. This is Digital Caveman Podcast. Brought to you by, brought to you by Thread. Is there anything in the technology part of this world that is, you find exciting at the moment? Of course, technology is an amazing thing. Technology empowers us to tell better, more relevant, more engaging stories. At the end of the day, we'll always be telling stories, yeah. one way or another. That's what people love. We've been telling stories since the beginning of humankind. Yeah. That's the thing passed on from generation so to generation. From that perspective, that's the nice thing. I like that you said that, that this fear of digital, it's just an extension of what's already there. Of it's, course. Yeah, yeah. You know, in some countries like South Africa, TV is still the biggest medium. Mm. But you get way more value out of online content mm. than you would ever on TV. I can tell a three-minute story. I can build so much more empathy. Mm. I can have episodes, different variations, webisodes, way more engagement, mm. way more interest. And I can have people coming back to mm. watch it over and over again in their own time. Yeah, and show, yeah, share, you know? shareability. Yeah. Exactly. And they're not just sitting there waiting, oh, look, it's, it's, it's flighty now at half past nine. We've got to be home. Mm. You know, it's like up to date with mm. you and your life as you move on. Technology is... Amazing in itself. Mm. And it's, but I mean, is there anything on the back end side of, that you've seen that you go like, aha, uh -huh, this is interesting? In terms of tech? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things. And, mm. you know, I mean, every couple of years, it's just reinventing itself mm. over and over again. I mean, where were social networks and social media even back in 2005? It yeah. was almost like non-existent, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Ten years later, we're here <laughs> and it's billions of people all over the world interacting in ways that they've never interacted before. But if you just look at that, mm. what they're doing and how they're interacting is almost very similar to the way that they would talk, the way that they would speak, the way that they've always communicated. It's just another channel mm. for them to communicate in a, in a similar way, just with a different platform. That's why I say, like, you can look at the way that human beings are. There's things that are, that are inherent about us in the way that we do things, in the way that we like to do things, and that will always be there. Yeah. You just got to find avenues and different ways to tap into it. The most successful technology is the tech that's developed with that in mind. Again, I'll go back to Apple and go, their devices were so intuitive. Mm. That's a large reason of why they are so successful. 
and any tech that follows suit or takes the same kind of thinking mm. will be successful because people, sometimes people don't know what they want until it's there. Mm. And when it is there, then they'll go, oh, but of course, just simplifies my life. Yeah, yeah. Just makes it easier for me to do something, you know? Uber. Uber's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uber is diversifying and going into more things than, sure, I mean, every day there's something Uber this or Uber that. What's great about the technology companies like Airbnb, like Uber, and there are a couple of other things. It's like Airbnb does not own any real estate, yeah. but services accommodation. Uber does not own any cars, yeah. but provides um, delivery services. So they are—they own nothing. They become the middle. They—they've be, taken out the middleman. Exactly. Yeah, with the technology. It's a very interesting trend that's happening mm. at the moment. That they own nothing, but they empower a whole new avenue of and. What I'm loving at the moment mm. is the fact that the world does not understand how to deal with them. Yeah. The world is <laughs> stopping them here, putting a blanket over there. You can't do this here. You can't do this here because it's so ahead of its time and it's paving the way. People want it. It doesn't matter yeah. what rules and restrictions and things that have been put into place that honor the status quo. Mm. People don't want that. There was a gap. People took to it. It's way better than it was. And people will never move away from it. Yeah. They will always find a way of getting it because now they've seen it and now they want it. And the people that try to stop it, it's like me saying to you, stop the internet. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. It's just going to keep going. So do you think that the one like amazing thing that has happened is that the power has shifted from the infrastructure to the people? Because like you said, the only reason that you can't stop Uber is because we want it. Look, it's, it's a bit yeah. of a, a dual thing yeah. because the platform or the structure that gives it to you is owned by someone and someone's selling that to you. And that, mm. once that's there, then it empowers people to do things. Yeah. So you can't do one without the other. Right. That's all I'm saying. So who controls that? Yeah. How evil they so are or they, how good uh, they, they are and what the intention is right. all depends on how successful it's mm. going to be and, mm. and where people are going to take it to. So, Last question. What is the thing, particularly in the digital side, that you wrestle with every day? There are many different challenges. Like I'll talk specifically about South Africa. It's still traditional media that you end up using more and more because the media companies make their come on it, structured approaches, they've got all the statistics, they've got the results. It they balances can, the books. Exactly. Yeah. They can justify in every single way why this is the safe bet in a climate that is very volatile at the moment. You know, go for the safe bet. But it's the guys that take the risks, that They're ignore the stats and go, cool, play with this here, try this there, that are seeing the exponential growth. And you can't calculate that. You can't work it out. Sometimes mm. you're going to post-rationalize it and figure out what you did and then you'll have better learnings than everyone else to go forward on. Like, it's the biggest challenge for me in South Africa at the moment is actually just trying to create, like, look at something in terms of this is content. Yeah. This content and this narrative that takes many different shapes and forms mm. needs to go onto a multi-channel approach. Leading the charge in digital future. You are listening to the Digital Caveman Podcast, brought to you by Thread. So what do you wish? So like I'm a brand and I've been in business for 100 years and I'm not ready to take the plunge. What is the step that you wish that Brand X would take in that direction to help the industry and, and help themselves? Is not to come in with a brief that is predetermined 
based on everything that you've done before. To actually That's cool. take an experiment with a product or a brief that you've got and mm. say, here's my business problem. This is what I'm facing. These are my challenges, but these are my opportunities based off stuff that we've looked at and research that we have. What I'm looking for, Peter, is content, story, narrative that answers these challenges and opportunities in a way that will help me with sales or lift my brand up to the level that it needs to be. Go do that for me. Don't be specific about the media channels and choices that you want, just go and tell the narrative. Would you say let the concept dictate the output or is that too narrow? No, it's, it's not because when, when you get a brief like that, it allows you to come up with things with hashtag like a girl. Yeah. Where I'm going, you didn't brief in a TV ad. Yeah. You briefed in the intention of where the business was, what the brand purpose right. was and where you wanted to go. So, I mean, no TV ad would ever have got you the PR mm. or the, the, the recognition and the engagement that that online video clip gave you. Never. So if it came in as a TV ad or traditional media and I've already done my bookings and I've got my deals, cool. Mm. You're going to get incremental growth. By opening up and being a little bit more accepting of what may come at you and going with it, now, I'm not saying that just because you've done that and whoever the agency comes back with mm. is the It's stuff. the right approach. Yeah, like you still, I mean, you still got to use your marketing savvy yeah. and look at certain things. But the thing about it that I'm also finding with like a few of our clients, um, not all of them, but a few of them at the moment is that they say they want that kind of work. But as soon as you put that work in front of them, then they give it's you scary. all the reasons why they don't want to do it or they change the goalpost. Yeah. So th they try and build their own safety net of mm. going, Where's my consumer engagement? Where's my uh, chain here? Mm -hmm. They try to put all these other parameters in to try and make it a safer decision for them. And it's like, by doing that, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, all you're doing is stripping away what was great about it in little bits and little bits and little bits. You know, if it was something that was sitting at 90%, sits down to 60% and then it isn't Still successful. Work. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, sometimes a risk is a risk. If you're on brand, if it's very clear and it's very single-minded and you know it's going to be a powerful story that is going to be shared, mm. That's what you go with. It is going to be risk. Mm. But I mean, in the same the way, you, you can spend it. 10 million rand on a TV ad and fly to, at primetime Super Bowl and still That's not it. make a dent. Like, I'll give you an example of that. Like, during this year's Super Bowl, all these cars, spending all this money, all of them, all the cars in the world that you can think about, spending so much money on media and production to create content. What did Volvo do? They basically created a Twitter campaign that basically said, every time a car ad comes on, come here, tweet this and you could win it. So while every other car company is telling you, look here, no one's looking there. Everyone's looking on their phones, filling in and doing <laughs> Volvo, Volvo cool, stuff. Cool, cool. They, they spent no money cool. comparatively yeah, to what yeah. other brands spent and they got way more traction and way more relevance. Wow. It brilliant. was, do you know what I'm saying? It's just the guys that take more of that angle and are more experimental with, with the way they approach it. Mm, mm. You brief in a TV ad, you're going to get a TV ad, you know? And it's also, you know, it's a hard thing to say, but every client gets the work that they deserve. If you ask for something in your way, you will get something in your way. If you're more open-minded to things, you will get more open-minded ideas. Mm, mm. If you risk-averse, you will only buy risk-averse ideas. At the end of the day, as creative as agencies are, as much as they try to be disruptive and be relevant, and at the end of the day, they can only sell what a client's willing to buy. And a client will only buy what they're comfortable to buy. So yeah, that's why I just say, you know, it's, a, it's also figuring out, trying to be a team mm. and trying to be partners on this approach into this great digital abyss 
which is going nowhere. It's just coming closer and closer. Yeah. It's like this tidal wave that we're waiting to happen. Yeah, we can't, we, and we, we're sitting there with our fingers in our ears. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> and our eyes closed. Like you got to get in and you got to experiment with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can always be on the back foot, but you'll always be second fiddle yeah. if someone else is doing it and you're taking their learnings mm. and trying to do the same thing. It's the brands that are really pushing it to the forefront mm. that are testing the waters dipping their toes in to see what it feels like that are getting the most traction and the most relevance. And they're the brands that will stand the test of time when we do move completely into that digital space. Yeah. They'll you already know? be there waiting. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, Red Bull is a good example. I mean, it it's is an completely. overused example, but they took the risk, they invested heavily, yeah. and now they own that space. Completely. Yeah. And it's a distinctive asset for them. Mm. You know, that's what's important. They've built the memory structure. And none of their competitors can touch them. None of them. Yeah. So, I mean, like I say, very interesting times, Mm. very exciting times. But you really got to be on the same page if you are going to be successful on Mm. it. Mm. Um, If you just want to honor the status quo, don't work with an agency that wants to test it. Yeah. You know, if your numbers and your stats and your, you need all of that kind of stuff for you to make a decision. You need the guarantees. Honestly, don't set an agency up for failure mm. and don't set yourself up for failure where it's oil and water, you're on different pages mm. and you end up really not even just making five out of 10 work, you end up making compromise three out of 10 work. Mm. But to the challenge is for even clients like that to try to put a little bit of experimental budget on the side mm. and commit to actually trying to do things and push it. So it's um, not the budget that's the problem, it's the willingness. It is, but you know, you also need money on it because... Yeah. Some agencies, you know, like a lot of agencies are proactive and they'll always try to test the waters in every way possible. Some of them have been beaten with the stick so much that they don't even test it anymore. They just give them what they want because the client wants you to check the timesheets and they want to make sure that these things are all sorted out and don't go there until you've done what I need you to do over here. But you do get the clients that that are willing to, to do that and that are willing to put budget aside. Coca-Cola being one of them, you know, arguably the biggest brand in the world does put money away to experiment in. I mean, they have their own emoticon. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's really cool. It's just, they're pushing it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Now what else, you know? Yeah, as a, as a brave company that looks at every aspect of things, they're there. But again, every other brand... I mean, even this thing that I'm seeing on YouTube now, that's a new thing. That's yeah. a, that's an, a, an experiment right in front of my eyes. That's it. So, you know, kudos to them for being the biggest and the bravest mm. in many ways. Yeah, you cool. know, they've got very specific brand pillars and things to communicate about their brand, but they stick to their guns, but they also know that in this landscape, they need to be as experimental and traditional and have this perfect blend and this perfect mix. Cause that's what it is. It's mm. not one or the other. It really is about how everything slipstreams and works together. So yeah, mm. but the only way you get there is by clients opening more of their business problems and being a lot more transparent with exactly what they're answering to and exactly what they're trying to do, not on a superficial level. Mm. It comes down to a relationship and who you trust in the agency to actually do that. But then it also comes down to the agency being responsible enough to do the stuff where they need to do that gives them the hard yards, but then to still do the experimental stuff, not for the sake of it, but for the stuff that is also mm. like you can, it's on brand strategy. It has the intention of the product at heart. It is simple minded and true to the setup that you all went through, mm. you know? So yeah, you know, it's not all one side here or there. It really is about a partnership to make it successful, you know? Mm. Pete Curry, you're a genius. And <laughs> Thanks, thank you very much for uh, speaking to us on Digital Caveman. All good. Uh, anytime, my bro. Cool. Sweet. 
This was the Digital Caveman Podcast. If you know any digital pioneers that you'd like for us to talk to or have any questions, mail us at digitalcaveman at thread.co.za and we'll get on them. If you'd like to make a comment or get in touch, find Thread on Facebook and give us a like. Thread-Digital Productions and Deployment.